Welcome to Tea Time with Monica. Are you ready to spill some tea? loves welcome to tea time with monica this week i'm talking to my girl maui bigelow about leukemia and lymphoma awareness now you guys i gotta give you the tea on my girl maui she is a writer content creator lifestyle authority and public speaker maui is the curator of fat girl fresh a platform that blends feminism with social fashion and beauty culture she is also the creator and producer of lifestyle honors an annual tribute event that honors and celebrates notable female trailblazers in fashion entertainment activism and empowerment welcome maui Hey, 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 hey. I am so <laughs> glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so glad because you are very transparent with your work and with your life and what you go through with, um, you know, leukemia and lymphoma and making everyone aware of your, you know, your life and how you live it still going through this. So I'm happy we're going to talk about this. I'm so. very happy um, to share my insight and the information that I have and my journey because I feel like it's a part of my responsibility. Yeah, and I, I love that and I appreciate you for this. Really do. So I want to begin with a quote that I really think speaks to what I feel you are working through all this in your journey. You survived what you thought would kill you. Now straighten your crown and move forward like the queen you are. How does this quote speak to you and your journey? Um, I just think, honestly, with um, my journey, not just with having blood cancer, um, and I have um, multiple myeloma, um, so not just with having blood cancer, but also in life, period. Like, mm -hmm. I've encountered my share of hardships. Like, I have been through a lot in my life. Um, and what I understand about the things that I've been through in my life and what I appreciate about them, even the bad situations, mm -hmm. is that they led me to my purpose. They helped me understand how strong I am. And um, in that quote, when it says, straighten your crown up and act like the queen that you are, like we all know that queens rule with a strong hand you know they what sure i'm do. saying mm -hmm. and i mean the truth is sometimes um you know we're going to encounter bad things but we still have to act accordingly which means we have to reign supreme you know they what i'm sure saying do. yeah so, you know it is what it is like if it didn't kill you it definitely made you stronger and if it killed you then I mean, it is what it is, but if, if it doesn't kill you, it definitely makes you stronger. And I think a lot of times um, we find ourselves um, in a place of defeat mm -hmm. and we give more power to that thing than it actually has. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, you know, cancer will not be my demise. But what I'm saying is whenever I leave this earth, um, there will be a footprint. You know, you guys will know that I have been here. You right. will definitely know that I have been here. I will not be so easily forgotten. I will not be just, you know, that blank page. Right. Um, and I think that that's something that everyone um, should be able to grasp. Like even with the whole um, um, Chadwick situation. Right. Like, 
he knew that he was dying, but he lived. He um, definitely did live. And, and that's something that we all need to understand. Like we all are dying. From the moment we are born, there is one other certainty about our life. And that is that we are going to die. You know right. what I'm saying? And so you have the option of living before you die mm -hmm. or you can wait to die. You are, you're so right about that because I feel like you've just said, look, this is a part of my life and I'm not going to let it control me. I'm definitely going to live my life through the fullest. And when I have to deal with this, I'll deal with it and I will use it to help people. And I think even what you said was, even if it kills you, I think even if someone dies, you know, from cancer and that's their demise, even when they go, whether they live through it or not, I think it can be an inspiration to those that they leave behind. But it does not kill you if you leave a legacy. Behind. Right. You're you know right. Like it takes you. It takes your physical presence from this earth, but it doesn't even take your energy from this earth because you linger on when you create content, when you build relationships, like no one dies until everything connected to them is dead. Right. And that would take a whole lot of like just the earth ending to do that one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, so, I do. Hey. Yeah. So let's talk to us about how, like, you found out your diagnosis. What led you to be diagnosed with blood cancer? So I was having a lot of health issues, a mm -hmm. lot of health issues. Um, so um, it's crazy because one of my major health issues was fibroids. Mm. I had uterine fibroids. And I had a lot of them at one time. Like mm -hmm. one time they did the ultrasound, I had 21 uterine fibroids, 17 of them were abnormal in size. And mm. then others were, you know, little small, the other four were like little small fibroids or whatever. So that was the first thing. And now hold on, I, wait a minute. You know what, that's interesting. Cause you know, I, I had a fibroid and had it removed in 2013 so this is another stepping stone for me learning with working with the fibroid organization um the white dress project that you can have there can be something else wrong this might just be a trigger to that that's that's interesting because i've never heard anyone say that you know they started with the fibroids and found out all this other stuff so let me tell you i had two issues i had a uterine fibroid and then i kept having these issues with my eyes so mm. initially they were saying it was conjunctivitis and then i'm like conjunctivitis is just pink eye mm -hmm. uh, and so i was like there's no way in the world that i keep having pink eye in both eyes sometimes in one eye is lasting all of these days i'm having all this pain like it just didn't make sense so then they said that it was uveitis um, and mm. so then this doctor started treating me for uveitis. He was putting these suppositories in my tear ducts and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, we're going to do this until this is exhausted. And e eventually we're going to have to transition you to a doctor at Emory because they would be who orchestrated the transplant because you're going to need a cornea transplant. Mm. So I had those two things going on. Um, and so... The, the thing with the fibroids is that doctors would never give me a hysterectomy even after, you know, I was of age, my tubes were tied, I had my two kids. I was like, just take it out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because I was I was bleeding like um, the last full figure fashion week that I attended. Um, I bled, I, I was sick 
Like I couldn't even enjoy wow. it. Like people were like, Maui, your energy just seems so different. And I came because I wanted to support and because I know that people in my community, you know, look up to me like they, they want to see me and I right. want to support because Gwen has been amazing to me. You know what I'm saying? She has like, been amazing to a lot of people. So, she has yeah. poured, you know, she's poured a lot into my cup. So I wanted to be there. And um, plus I was working with Libby Ray and they were a sponsor and they had all of this great stuff going on. They hosted that. Um, oh, the, the, masquerade night yes that was fun job yes so i um put all of that together i helped orchestrate all of that mm -hmm. and since i was working with them i traveled with them because i just wanted to make sure that you know the lines of communication were open nothing happened you know i'm real hands-on when it comes to my people and my events and all of that stuff yes so, you are girl so I, you know, I, I went for that, but mm -hmm. I was, I was very sick. Mm. I was very sick. Um, and, um, I was taking like seven birth control pills a day what? to keep from bleeding. Wow. Anyway, I got back from New York. I got back home and um i started bleeding so bad i couldn't walk from the back of my house to the front of the house i almost passed out like if it wouldn't have been for deja i would have passed out in my hall we had to call the ambulance in that window um of a in that whole that entire year mm -hmm. um that was 2017 i had received over 20 units of blood wow solely from my period wow so I went back to the specialist. I went to the specialist at Emory. They was like, you don't have uveitis, um, but we don't understand what it is that's deteriorating your corneas. And mm -hmm. he was like, we want to get you to a, um, a rheumatologist to make sure um, that you don't have lupus or rheumatoid arthritis because mm -hmm. it's not your eyes that are the problem. It's that you have inflammation in your body and it's translating through your eyes. Wow. So um, I went to the um, rheumatologist and when I went to the rheumatologist, they did a bunch of tests or whatever. And she was like, I'm, I'm very hesitant to say that you have lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. She was like, but from your blood work, something is definitely off. She mm -hmm. was like, your blood is low. Like, it, I think it may have been a nine or something. So I explained to her, you know, what was going on with my cycle or whatever. And I said, it's, no, it, it's probably from the excessive bleeding. So she was like, well, I want to get you to a hematologist. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. Which, I, I mean, I wasn't concerned because I felt like it was just my period that had right. my blood loss. So I went to the hematologist and he said, um, your blood is low. He said, we want to do some tests and, you know, see what's going on. So they gave me an iron infusion. They did the test. The test came back. I went back in. He was like, your plasma cells are extremely high. So I'm like, okay, what does that mean? He was like, well, normally we see elevated plasma cells in cancer patients, mm. um, mainly multiple myeloma. He said, but I don't think that you have multiple myeloma because um, our numbers show that um, 
uh, he was like, statistically, you're too young to have it. And um, it's not that present in African-American women. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really not as present in African-American men as it is in Caucasian men. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, okay, whatever. So they did um, some more tests and he was like, we wanna um, do a bone marrow biopsy. Right. I was like, okay. This they sounds like a lot. How did you even take all of this in your body? Girl, I was fine. I was fine until December 11th. Oh, right. 2017, I went back to the doctor to get my results for the bone marrow biopsy. Mm -hmm. And he said, you have cancer. Mm. What? Like, how, did you I, how did you react to this? After I, all of that, I was I was very calm. I was very calm. I was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah." He said, "You have cancer." He said, "You have multiple myeloma." Um, I said, "Well, I thought you said that you know, I it, it was very highly unlikely that I would have it." He said, "It was." He said, "But you definitely have it." Mm. And um, he said that we're gonna need you to. Um, they do a 24, is it 24 or 42 hour, 48 hour urine specimen, um, mm -hmm. because that determines the, um, protein. Mm. Um, and so he was like, I need you to do that. And then you'll bring that back and then you'll come back. And by the time you come back, we'll know like what stage you're at, all that kind of stuff. Wow. So was oh. it just before we go on, was it a, when you found, they told you, was it more so a calmness of now I know what's wrong and we can start working through this kind of feeling? No, it was a, oh my God, I'm going to die. Oh um, no, no, what am I no. Do about my children. Yeah. Um, what am I, and, and I felt like, so my mother is my security blanket. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of us are like that. Like, my mother yeah. is my security blanket. Like, whenever I'm scared, when I'm about to beat somebody up, when I'm finna cuss somebody out. Wait, like, did she like, say about to beat somebody up? Cuss whatever, somebody out. Whatever the situation is, like, whether she's around, like, my mother drove trucks for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm calling. Like, for it, like, if the police pull me over, I call my mama. I know, that's right. Her pulled over like whatever like my mama is really my security blanket mm -hmm. and so um my mother was out of town my aunt was sick and my mother took my grandma to Miami so she was out of town I'm trying to get in touch with her I can't get in touch with her I'm like Lord have mercy you know like it, it was just it was crazy mm -hmm. um and I really felt like I was gonna die like I felt hopeless I called people nobody answered the phone I called my mama, she didn't answer the phone. I called my auntie, she didn't answer the phone. I called Ty Alexander. Ty answered the phone. She was like, oh, you gonna be all right? You gonna do this? You gonna do that? I got you. I know you. that's right. Praying for you, like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it is what it is. Ty and Nikki Free were the, the first two people that I talked to about it. My kids were at school. I still had to pick, well, not my kids, but my daughter was at school. I think my son was here from school. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyway, it was just, but I felt like it, I was so anxious. Mm. I was so depressed. Like I was sad. Mm -hmm. Not that I was going to die because I was I was convinced I was about to die. I was sad and anxious because I felt like my children were not ready for, to be without their mother. 
You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like my parents, oh my God, my parents gonna have a fit. Like, how you gonna die? Like, your mama is gonna, your mama gonna lose her mind. Your dad gonna lose his mind. Like, what my sister gonna do? Like, I was worried about, like, everybody. Everyone else but yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, no, it's not that you worried about everybody connected to you because you know that you're a great leader. Mm-hmm. You are worried about the uncertainty of dying. You're still not okay with the fact that you're gonna die. And the truth is, we all are gonna die. Right. So it was just, it was like, it was, it was crazy mm-hmm. because. But what I will say is that in that space. Like I found in from December 2017 until now, and it's almost about to be three years. Like I have found so much peace. Wow. I have found so much joy. I have been so much more intentional with living my purpose. This is the reason why we are having this conversation. It definitely because I have been able to understand that I have to do more. Like I've always known my purpose since I was 10 years old. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what I was going to do with it. But at 10 years old, I recognized my purpose and I knew that my purpose was connected to women and girls. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But sometimes we get so caught up in doing our own thing that we begin to move differently. And I I never lost sight of the fact that you are my purpose mm-hmm. but you know i got so caught up in oh i got to write these posts i got to do this i got to do that lord this brand want me to do this you know what i'm saying right so i was not um energizing my girls the way i needed to and so that is why like you said maui i need you on my podcast okay like yeah or cancer i probably would have been like uh, let me see let me no okay like, tell me, like, we'll just make, we're going to have to make it work, but tell me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And honestly, like, I was having, even after I got the diagnosis and they were like, you know, it's in a smoldering phase and all of that type stuff. Honestly, um, I was still having the fibroid problems. Mm. I was still having all of these different problems. And my doctor, my oncologist, he was like, look, um, we, we need to get these different things handled. So that's why I had the weight loss surgery because no surgeons would touch me um, because I had all that belly fat and I was so big and they were so scared of the infection risk and, mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. So they were very hesitant to do the surgery because by this time, I guess all of the fibroids that I had had merged. Ooh. I had one massive fibroid. When they took it out, the doctor said that um, evidently when they did the ultrasound, it did not get it from every angle. And so he knew that it was big. So the initial plan was for me to have the weight loss surgery, lose the weight, and then they would be able to do the robot. um, Oh, yeah. Where the robot goes in the vagina and does it. But when they did when they did the um, ultrasound, it was too large to even for it to be pulled out by the robot. So the doctor was like, you know, we're going to have to make an incision, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing that was so problematic because, you know, that with you know I had that big bottom stomach was called a panis. I had mm-hmm. that big old panis, and so them cutting under the panis to remove that 
it was going to be an issue with infection. And my doctor was like, I'm just so scared of it because I had another patient that I had to do it on. Like it was life or death for her. And even mm -hmm. though it's life or death for you, we got a little time, but we didn't have to, I didn't have time with her. She ended up getting infection and being really, really sick. So I, you got to lose this weight. So I went right. ahead, I had weight loss surgery. After I had the weight loss surgery, December of 19, um, and when I lost, when I started losing the weight, the fibroid, mm -hmm. I did stop bleeding as much, but right. by this time, the fibroid had just become this whole little person. Yeah. And, and, and like, they do, it, they, they it become huge. Yeah. It was actually larger than both of my children. What? Yes. It was huge. Wow. And so, um... I, I was able to lose the weight, have the fibroid removed, like, and since then, I have been in a much better place with my health. Like my cancer, um, my tumor numbers went down. My cancer is still in a smoldering phase. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel a whole lot better, but it all began with me, like I was just, it was crazy stuff going on with my body. Wow, it's funny how your body just starts, everything just starts trying to alarm you as yes. to something is wrong, something is wrong. Like, and I tell people you paid attention. Time, you gotta pay attention to your mm -hmm. body. You like, do. My girl, if I tell you some of the things, like one morning I woke up and this hand looked like a basketball, like a, a, a baseball mitt. It what? was so big. Like the tips of my fingers were protruding because they were swollen. Like I got a tattoo here mm. and um, I burned myself with um, wax on my hand. Right. Both of these, they're old, like very, very old. When I tell you my, I was having so much inflammation in my body, like old injuries and old things on my body, they started to get inflamed and swell up and look like keloids. Whoa. Yeah, like, you, do, you definitely have to pay attention to your body because it's trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Like you when do. stuff like that starts going left with your body, you have to, you have to know that something is going wrong. Yeah. So can you explain what you mean by a smoldering stage? I've heard you say that, you know, a different, a lot of different times with what stage you're in. So smoldering is what they call smoldering um, is when the cancer is still there, it's still active, um, but the numbers are so low that they won't treat it. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost, um, it's the closest thing to remission okay. that you can have. Um, and, and, and they don't treat it because the doctors say that it would be more of a harm to attempt to treat it at this stage than it would be to just watch it. Right. So what lifestyle changes besides like the weight loss do you have, did you have to make, um, especially with being in this stage, being it's so close to remission, they don't necessarily want to treat it because it could be more harm what type of are you like your eating habits your mental habits what you do with exercise everything um what did you have to do to change everything so um I, of course i lost the weight from the surgery but i also became more disciplined with what i eat i still have a problem with sugar but um like i stopped eating i stopped eating mm. to um i stopped eating for enjoyment and i started eating to live 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I pay attention to consumption. I pay attention to what my body tells me. Like beef, I love a good hamburger, but I don't eat hamburgers often because my body doesn't break beef down. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I know that. So where you and I could go to a burger joint and you could eat and be fine, use the bathroom regular like you normally do, I won't. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I, you know, I had to cut down on different things like that. And the surgery helped with that because, you know, it doesn't allow for you to just go crazy with what you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm very mindful about what I eat. Um, I um, stopped taking so many, what I noticed um, in the medical industry, there's no shade to the medical industry because I definitely believe that God educate and put people in places mm-hmm. to help us. You know what they I'm sure saying? do, yeah. So I never think that, you know, I'm a doctor or I'm smarter than the doctor or I don't listen to the doctor, but I also do research um, and I started taking like a lot of vitamins like to, um, like turmeric, like black mm-hmm. seed oil, different things like that, elderberry, um, to help with the inflammation instead of taking, um, what was it that they put me on? It was one med that they put me on that was supposed to help with inflammation, but they was like, you know, take it cautiously because- With them um, side effects, they had them side effects, you know, when you when you watch the commercial about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and they, they list the damn uh, side effects, you and you got, like, well, damn, be more, more messed up. And it could cause this, and it could do this, and it could do that. And now you're gonna like, be more messed okay. up than you was before the dang old medication. <laughs> so I started taking, um, I started taking, you know, like a lot of different um, vitamins and supplements um, mm-hmm. of that nature, um, and I started exercising. Like I started meditating. I got I. I reintroduced myself to my prayer life. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? I reintroduced myself to my prayer life. I do not go to church because my relationship with church itself is strained. But I I can understand. Some people have that. I do make sure that I receive the word from different spaces. And I understand now that I don't have to go to church every every Sunday, every Wednesday, every Tuesday to have a relationship with God. But mm-hmm. I did, you know, re-implement my, my, my prayer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I also began to operate in my purpose more and more intentionally. So it's, it's like I did a, a whole lifestyle change. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I'm still the same Maui. I still curse. I still cut the food. (laughs) (laughs) My audience may or may not know you because, you know, it's blended of who we know in the industry and other people that know me and other people that, you know, find the podcast. But anybody who knows Maui knows that she's going to be as real as they come she ain't got no cut cards. Maui is just Maui. Straight up, no chaser. Like, yes. I, I tell people all the time, like, um, I was talking to Jasmine Elder of Jabroni, mm-hmm. and she was like, Maui, she said, you, you keep it real. She said, but you say some stuff that other people can't say because people will be mad at them. Mm-hmm. They'll keep them off Beyonce's internet and all that kind of stuff. She was <laughs> like, but it doesn't really bother people when it comes from you. I said, because no matter what I say, I think that y'all understand that it's not with malicious intent. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really keeping it real and I'm really trying to give you something that will help you. Like, is it laced in cuss words? 
Yes, it is. It's, you know, Look, my sister calls them sentence enhancers. They just yes, sentence enhancers. Listen, that's what it is. <laughs> like, I, if I, one lady, she reached out to me and she told me, she was like, I love you. I love everything about you, but you just curse too much. She said, and women, intelligent women, should, don't need to curse like that because it, it shows that you lack intelligence. I was like, so no, man, what? it does not. It does not. It does not at all. Like these degrees don't say that I lack intelligence. Like call Sally Mae and tell them to get my money back. <laughs> if this is what this means, sis, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But I told her, I was like, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but that, that means if you're bothered by me cursing and if you can't get the message in the midst of all of that, then that just means that I'm not for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like everybody is, even though you're walking your purpose, I think everyone isn't your purpose. That's not your person. That's not your project. It resonates with who it resonates with. Everybody is not my purpose. Like I know that my purpose is to energize and to um, educate and entertain and empower women and girls, but not every woman and girl is gonna get what she needs from me and that's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine because if it's just you and your sister and your cousin and my daughter and my cousin and it's just 10 of us, then I, I still have done what God intended for me to do. Mm -hmm. You sure did. Well, let, okay, so let's talk about this. You said you, you reintroduced yourself to your prayer. You also had to stop thinking about, you know, you had to appease these brands and these, the posts and the people. I, from what I'm hearing, it's like you had to feel like you became more authentic to yourself. I did. You did. I did so, because at, at a certain point, when when being Maui became a job, mm -hmm. it changed. Mm. I didn't change, but it changed. Okay. Because... I mean, I was still the same shit talker. I was still the same, you know, fun, have a good time, all this kind of stuff. But you you already know, it, it, when you doing something that you love and all of this, these numbers and this different areas of responsibility and these different people that you have to answer to in that space come into the picture, it, mm -hmm. it, it becomes a problem. It does. Or, or I won't say it becomes a problem, but it changes things. It does not become a problem, but it definitely changes things. And you have to find a way to operate in that space and remain true to yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so for a minute, it was it was a bit chaotic. But I mean, I was able to bring it back together. Like I struggled with saying out loud on paper to y'all, that I had cancer, mm. like, like I was 13 and I had to tell somebody I was pregnant or like I had to admit to my mate that I had cheated or like I had killed someone. Mm -hmm. Like I struggled with it because I knew like I'm a, like you can tell on my face how I feel, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Don't have a like my energy. I'm I'm a whole I'm a whole vibe. Like that's no lie. I've been saying that since before. Like my energy is something. Yeah. And I, I don't take credit for it. It's God, but I have this energy. Like even if I don't say anything, I have walked into the room with people and they've been like, you just you, you know you what you're, you're what um a lady that I'm working with says you that part of that too much crew like it just yes. walk in and it's got something about her yeah oh yes. 
Yeah. And so um, I knew that when I openly said I had cancer, I felt like it was gonna hurt y'all more than it hurt me. Mm. Or it was gonna hurt y'all, maybe not more than it hurt me, but it was gonna hurt you guys because you, so many of you love and respect um, me for being fearless, for being bold, for talking my shit, for being honest, for being transparent, for, you know, all of these things. And when I said, when I knew I had to say, y'all, I got cancer, like I was not going to be able to say that and not expose myself and mm -hmm. my fear. Yeah, do you think, because I know we're, we're cancers here, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> we're so wonderful, honey. So, Our juice is so good. So good. <laughs> but we have that empathic ability that we care so much about the people we touch. And that's what I'm hearing, that you cared so much about what you had put in, out into the world that you didn't want to hurt it. I didn't want to scare y'all. Like, I know how much I energize women. Mm. I know how much life I give I know that that is God's favor. Like what, what y'all see as that energy, that big bitch energy, yes. that vibe that Maui is, that yes. is God. I know that, you mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Because even outside of cancer, I have been able to live and champion through so many different situations that, that should have killed me, that should have destroyed me. I am, I've been, interviewed all over this world. I've been featured all over this world. Associated Press, New York Times, all of these different magazines and all of these different spaces. And I am from a town about this, about this big. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like I didn't get to march across the stage with my class at graduation because I had to go to summer school so I could graduate from high school. And mm. when I graduated from high school, we were living in my, we, me and my mama was sleeping in her car because she was taking care of my uncle who had AIDS. Wow. Like, this is a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You've like, got, you had a so, lot put on you. For me to come from that to this, that's a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a I, lot. That's, that's a lot. You know, And that's I'm very, saying? it's very triumphant because you came from that and you could have been so selfish with yourself and you haven't been. It could have, it could have destroyed my spirit. Mm -hmm. It could have just made me say, okay, let me get me a little job at Burger King, get me a little nine to five somewhere. And that's no shade to nobody with a nine to five or a job at Burger King. But what I'm saying is it could have um, deterred me from living outside of my situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because at an early age, I knew that I had a certain responsibility. I always you know, try to find a way to be encouraged and walk in that space, like, despite, you know, whatever was going on. And mm -hmm. so I, I was very fearful to sit for, to, for y'all to see that I was at this low point. Mm. So what made you pivot and decide, but I have to be transparent with myself mm -hmm. and my community, God, yeah. I, I, I had been sleeping on it um, ever since the 17th. Mm. And I remember on New Year's Eve, I was, I, I knew I was going to church that day. Um, but on New Year's Eve, I woke up at about two o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I was like, let me write this. I wrote the post. And I made it live before I went to church. 
Mm. And by the time I got back from church, it had gone viral. Mm. And I have always been a little girl that wrote stuff. I've always been a reader and a writer. Mm-hmm. Like when children outside, I ain't play that outside mess. I was in the house. I was the only child that got to sit up under the grown people. <laughs> I, you know, you know what? We like us kids is like to sit up under the grown people, don't we? Yes. <laughs> I, I was the only child that got to sit up under the grown people and watch the stories. And I still watch the stories to this day because of that. My great grandma would watch the stories and nod off and wake up and we try to what young and the restless, bold and the beautiful, all of them. Exactly. Young and the restless. <laughs> you gotta know what Victor got going on. But Victor Newman but, is young and the restless. <laughs> <laughs> so but I would always write stuff down. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I wrote down, because I wanted to be a teacher and I wanted to be an author. And one of the things I wrote down was that I wanted to be an Ebony Magazine. Mind you, on January 2nd in 2016, mm-hmm. a storm came through our town. Four trees fell on my house. Wow. Me, my kids, and my mom, and my dog had to move into an extended stay from what? January until the 1st of March while our home was fixed. No power, like it was just, it was terrible. Hmm. So on 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 the anniversary of that day, on January second, mm-hmm. one of the brand, the 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 publications at the top of my list that I always wanted to write for, Ebony, reached out and wanted to feature me and wanted to get me to share my article about having cancer with them. Wow, and it, it just I keep hearing this whole. Every time it's like out of what people would think is so bad and so detrimental to Every life. Every time I push through, yeah, it, God show up and show out, don't he? And it could be something small to y'all, but it's like big to me, and yeah. it energizes me so that I can energize you. Mm-hmm. Like even with my doctor saying, you know, you're not gonna find that many black women your age that have it. You're not gonna find this. You're not gonna find this. Girl, when I, once I said that, like it's so many, I can show you so many messages of black women. Um, um, my mother had myeloma. I had myeloma. My mother has myeloma now. My dad had myeloma. Wow. Like Carrie, I don't know if you know um, Carrie Gates. No, I don't know her. She's a stylist. She's from Atlanta. She's in the, on the plus side circuit. She's mm-hmm. been here for a while or whatever. I would love to meet her. She attended lifestyle on She's bummed. Like, she dressed her ass off. But she attended lifestyle on And she was like, Maui, I meant to reach out to you and talk to you. Um, she said, my dad had myeloma. She was like, but when we caught it, it was too late. He passed um, last year, which I did know that her dad had passed, but I didn't know, you know, the circumstances surrounding it. Right. She was like, um, I got a lot of information on it, and I'll share it with you. She you helped me. how that helped you? Like, it just... That he helped me change my lifestyle wow. um, as far as eating, like it, as far as implementing different um, vitamins and don't use the microwave and different things like that. Like she helped introduce me to a lot of different stuff. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Make sure you're active because it's a blood cancer, but it affects your bones. And, you know, so make sure you you keep moving and, and doing stuff. Go cycling, go walking, mm-hmm. different things like that. Do a lot of cardio. Like she introduced me to that. Um, wow. And so, um, it just, it, it, it's been so many people. I don't know if you know this girl. Um, God, what is her last name? I don't know, but she's an influencer. She's friends with Lisa. You know, Lisa, she's an Atlanta influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is Kristen. Okay. Kristen reached out to me and she was like, her mom has myeloma. And wow. you know, receiving treatment. She had, I think she did stem cell not too long ago. And I, I met a lady and it was so strange because when she started following me, I thought that it was somebody that had hacked, that was trying to steal my social media identity because <laughs> people, People have made pages with my pictures and use my name and all that. That's the of most stuff annoying thing. So it, when she, I, I pay attention. I don't care how many followers I have. I pay attention to this right here because mm -hmm. that's how my plan. That's how I feed my kids. So when she um, followed me, I saw M Bigelow. I was like, oh god, here we go again. So I went to her page and it wasn't. She was a whole person, all her own. Um, she's a little bit older than me. She lives in Carolina. Mm -hmm. She had the same cancer that I had. She was stage four. They told her she was gonna die. She went home to die. She is still alive. And Sound like you had a whole fight. twin out there to tell you how you could still fight. And she does not have cancer. You know, all I'm hearing is health care disparities in the black community. That's all, and I, you know, my nine to five is working in healthcare policy, mm -hmm. which I hear a lot about healthcare disparities in the black community. And I have talked to several of our friends, other people who are in the black community who have different, you know, chronic illnesses. And every time I talk to them, well, let me tell you, the this same thing I hear. I know. And this does ha doesn't have anything to do with this other than that it has something to do with me. I went to a general practice doctor one day, um, and this was when I was going through the process. I had already been diagnosed with um, myeloma, and um, but this was my general doctor. Um, and I actually went there for a pap smear. Um, and he was like, oh, your blood pressure is high. I was like, yeah, it's probably high because at the time my eyes were inflamed. Anytime my eyes are inflamed, my stomach hurt, my blood pressure is high, I feel mm -hmm. like crap. So I was like, it's probably high because my eyes are inflamed. He was like, oh, okay. He was like, well, um, I wanna, I think that um, you might be diabetic. I was like, no, I'm not diabetic. I've been checked for diabetes several times. I'm not diabetic. He was like, well, what's your weight? I was like, yeah, I know my weight, but I'm not diabetic. I had already had the weight loss surgery and I had actually started losing weight. I was like, I'm not diabetic. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, but you're, you're way too fat. You're way too fat for your height. And I just want, with this high blood pressure, I feel like um, you have hypertension. I was like, I don't have hypertension. If you look, but so he was, no, he said, I, I think you have hypertension. I want to put you on some blood pressure meds and, um, you know, we'll see if these work. And then if they don't work, we'll try something else. I was like, sir, first of all, you are way too short because he was a little man. <laughs> you going to tell me I'm way too fat and you up in here looking like Hitler? No, sir. You are way too short. That's number Ooh. one. And number two, you are way too rude. Like, you, I know this is not a bedside situation, but your bedside manner is horrible. Second of all, you go your little butt over there and get my chart and look through my chart and see if there is a trend of high blood pressure in my chart, sir. And see, why are we looking at the proof in the pudding and just you know judging a book by its cover? That's number one. Number two, I just, it's not like I'm an elderly person, not trying to discredit an elderly person, not trying to discredit someone that's not educated, but I am a highly educated woman of a decent age. 
I know how to articulate what is going on with me. I know my body. I have been vocal and told you everything that you could have went your little butt over there and looked in my folder and saw, but you are still gonna tell me because you are a doctor without taking any additional tests that I have hypertension. No, I don't, sir. Like I was almost 400 pounds and I didn't have hypertension. I just don't that, have it. I'm that sorry, goes sir. with so much that goes on in the health community. Judging a book by its co cover because someone is over. So he, I told him, I said, yeah. what I would do. Yeah, mm -hmm. I told him, I said, what I would do is I will come here and let you guys monitor my blood pressure for two weeks. And if it is consistently high, or if it keeps getting higher, or if it gets in a scary range, then that's when you put me on medicine. But you take my blood pressure, you're, you're going to medicate me for hypertension of one blood pressure reading? Like you didn't even say, let us stand up and do it. Um, I can't think of what that's called when they do it from three different aspects. Mm -hmm. uh, but you didn't say that. You didn't say, it. you gave no options other than, you, you got hypertension now. I'm about to put you on these meds. I was like, no, sir. So yeah, there are definitely disparities in the medical field um, in regards to medicine and black people and especially yeah. black women. Mm-hmm. Black women. Like, I'm glad that my process was what it was because it saved my life. But what I will say is that a woman should not be told that you gotta lose weight in order to live with without this fibroid in you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I was just fibroid is inside of your body. You should not be told that you might bleed to death before we get this fibroid out because yeah. we're not doing surgery on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I was just on a um a Zoom a few months ago with the organization, the White Dress Project that I work with, and a young lady was on there saying how doctors would not operate on her because of her weight. And I just felt so crushed for this woman. Mm -hmm. I really felt crushed for her. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, by, by the looks of it, by looking her on screen, she was about the same size as me. I'm like, honey, I had mine removed in 2013. Luckily I have a black female OBGYN, thank God. My mother has always made me have black doctors. And I, I don't know if that was by design or just because what she chose, but I have followed in those same footsteps that all of my what? doctors are black. I, I, it wasn't until I went to a black OBGYN that I got the resolve. Like I had been to different um, oncology, gynecologists, all of mm. this stuff, and they, Good but job. this black man, he was Afri he's African, he's Nigerian, and he told me, he said, it's so funny. He's funny. His name is Dr. K. He said, and I always ask him, are you sure? You know, I ask questions. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm going to ask questions. I don't care if it offends you. I don't care what the situation is. I, I reserve the right to ask questions about anything that you're going to do to me. And he was like, Mr. Bigelow, I am going to tell you the truth. If you were my mother's daughter, this is what I would do. I say so if I was your sister. Yes, my mother's daughter. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> okay, <Dr. K. laughs> so yeah, but I mean, I just it's it is it, it's very sad and it's very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I will say is that my 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 hematologist and oncologist here, um, Dr. Neil, he's an amazing doctor. 
Mm-hmm. And so he told me, he was like, if it ever, if you, you, you get a spike and it gets to the point where you need stem cell, or if we have, you know, like different treatments before I move forward, I will send you to a top specialist at Emory and he will, um, you know, do an assessment and, you know, he never mentioned a man's name or anything. This is so weird, but this is one thing. This is another reason why I know for a fact that God does not play about his girl. And when I say his girl, I mean me. Mm-hmm. Um, because he said, um, he's a top specialist and, you know, this, that, and the other and all that kind of stuff. I said, okay. So, um, I have, I went to Albany State University, the best, best HBCU. I don't know about that, you know. I'm an SESU girl, South Carolina State. Whatever. So you know. <laughs> so I um I went to Omni State. And so one of my friends um that went to ASU, she's an RN at Emory mm-hmm. in the um Winship Cancer Center. So she reached out, she was like, Maui, I've been following everything you've been saying about your cancer, whatever. I actually talked to my doctor about it. She was like, I work at the cancer center at Emory. I was like, oh, that's so crazy because my doctor told me that I would have to go to a specialist at the mm-hmm. cancer at Emory. So if, you know, if things progressed or whatever. So she was like, okay. She said, I just want you to keep me informed on what's going on. Because if you ever get, you know, go beyond that smoldering phase, I want to be able to get you in to see my doctor. She was like, he is one of the top um, myeloma specialists in the country. He mm-hmm. does all these seminars and different things like that. So she was just, but again, she never said his name. So um, when I went back to the eye doctor, she said, um, I told, you know, I told her, you know, since then I've been diagnosed with cancer. I'm starting to have the flare ups again. I don't know if it's related to the cancer or whatever. So she was like, well, I'm telling you what I want you to do. She said, I want you to see a series of doctors and I want you to see them here at Emory because they're in my network and I can get the information better. Mm -hmm. So she set me up with an appointment for a rheumatologist, um, another cornea specialist, um, and um, a oncologist. Right. And when I went to the oncologist, I saw Dr. Nuka. Dr. Nuka is the doctor that is what and and works closely with my oncologist, Dr. Neil. He is also God my done put all that in your path, honey. He is also Keisha's boss. So what? she worked there. So when I messaged her, I said, hey, I said, um, I just left out the O'Keefe's office. I was going to try to come by and see you, but I got to go real fast. I said, but I'll be back up here because she has me an appointment scheduled to see some doctor named Dr. Nuka. She was like, "Now, that's my doctor. I said, are you serious? She was like, yes. When I went to the doctor, when I actually met Dr. Nuka, he was so nice. And he was like, oh, Keisha told me that I have to take good care of you because you're a celebrity. <laughs> no, that's and right. You all went to Albany State together. And she said that that's the best HBCU in the land and that you're one of Albany State's finest. I was like, period. So then um, I told him, I said, he said, well, who's your oncologist in Albany? I said, Dr. Neal. He said, Thomas Neal? I said, yes. He was like, that's my buddy. You would have been coming here anyway because any of his patients that progress would come to me. So, yeah. That was all divinely lined for you. And so you could have this voice to tell people, you know, what you should be looking at and making sure, because I, what I'm also hearing is making sure that your doctors know each other and work together. I remember 
when my grandmother, my father's mom had lung cancer and all the doctors weren't talking to each other. And that was the one thing my dad had to do. I mean, before my, you know, my God, my grandmother, you know, passed on, he was like, everybody about to sit down and talk to each other. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. Y'all got, because, to, y'all got to figure it out. Yeah, because you don't have, um, you know, like there are certain things that you may or may not need to take. Like I was very open and honest, but I told my my oncologist, I was like, they want me to have weight loss surgery. He was like, I think it's a good idea. He was like, I definitely think that it will help. He said, you know, um, this is a blood cancer, but it does affect your bones. And you being so heavy, I'm not saying that it's hurting you, but I'm also not saying that it's helping you either. Now, see, that's a whole, but you know what? You that's another conversation for another day because I think people look at people differently in the in our plus size community who have weight loss surgery and may not know their backstory as to why you know they what? made that decision. A lot of people have received shade and negativity mm-hmm. um, in regards to them losing weight, having weight loss surgery, whatever the situation may be. But there is. Um, a certain amount of negativity associated with losing weight and being a plus size influencer or figure or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. Body positive people, you want to lose weight, But for y'all, what I will say is that I didn't receive that. Mm-hmm. And I think that I didn't receive it because I was honest. And I was transparent about everything that I was going through. And the truth is like, not every plus size body is an unhealthy body. It's not. Not every small body is a healthy body, but I was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And was nobody was gonna come over here and feed my kids and go take my daddy to get bacon and and make sure my mama had a ribbon to make her wreaths with mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff well nobody was going to handle my responsibilities for me so i had weight loss surgery because i needed to be able to live i know that's right I, if i hadn't lost that weight i would not have been able to have that fibroid surgery safely and recover in the manner that i did you know what i'm saying yeah and i that is important not to push the message of losing weight, not to push the message of taking certain medicines, not to push the message of exercising and dieting and all of that type of stuff. I think that it's important for us to mind our own damn business. Amen. And I think that it's important for us to understand that our greatest responsibility is us. You you are certainly damn right about that. I can't even not curse on that one. You are so right. You cannot love on, energize, educate, empower anybody else until you do that for yourself. You're right. You can't do anything for anybody until you're healthy all around for you, meaning mind, body, and spirit. So if you're not mentally okay, physically, spiritually okay, how you gonna help everybody else, honey? Because you ain't even helping you. Hello with the word. Mm-hmm. You know we gonna preach on it. Right. All day. Oh, it's, it's just like... I don't understand. That's one thing in our community that I don't understand, but I think that it comes from a place of insecurity. Yeah. I think it comes from a place of ignorance Mm -hmm. because people expect you to commit to things that are not yours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so 
I, 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 I didn't have much backlash. Also, I think that people know that when they come for me, I'll, I, I'm here. You, yeah, I'm gonna show up too. All mm-hmm. right. Well, like, you, you have really shared with uh, my audience and everyone in your audience how you have come through this and you are still fabulous slaying all the fashion. I mean, you were just in, you were just in Hello Beautiful talking about fall fashion. And then you were talking about how everybody was looking at you, seeing you up on Google and everything. You know, it's, it's, it's like full circle. You didn't let this beat you. You didn't let it deter you from your purpose, like you said, in being there for women you know, young girls and older women, whatever age range you're in that you inspire. You didn't let it stop you from being there for your family. And you didn't definitely did not let it stop it from being there for yourself. And when I, I read a quote from when I was writing the morning that I was writing about having cancer, um, I was Googling something and a quote from Susan L. Taylor came up and I love this from Susan Taylor. Mm-hmm. And the quotes, I had never seen that quote before. And I'm one of those, girl, like, I know this internet. It's Beyonce's, but I know it. That's and, Al Gore's internet. What you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Al Gore, no. <laughs> but I know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I research stuff. I know all the dope quotes from Black women because I use them in my content and stuff. But I had never seen this quote before. And she said, in the quote, I'm not saying it um, exactly right. But the quote basically says that every crisis is not intended to kill you. Some enti- some crises are intended to grow you and make you better and cause change. And so this was a crisis. And it definitely grew me into a better woman and it promoted change in my life that I needed. Like I needed to be better. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm making you better. You know what I'm saying? Really, y'all. I watched Maui. I have watched you for so long, being in our industry and just watching you as a woman. And I mean, you've inspired me even before I met you. And then I met you, and it was even more. Like it, it has always been even more. And yeah, like, meet me all the time, yeah. and they're like, "You for real? Like you are? Yeah. I'm, I'm you like, ain't no joke. It ain't no different." From what they see on social media to what they're going to get in person you are when you you. come to lifestyle honors you don't feel like i've heard people say that they attend other you know fashion events and plus size events and they're standoffish because you know whatever whatever this girl told me she was like i came to your event with no hesitation by myself she said and you know what i didn't feel no kind of way because i knew if i ain't know nobody else there if i didn't click up with nobody else while i was there i knew you was gonna come up to me and say hey girl and i do i never ever ever wear a heel or a shoe that I'm not comfortable comfortable in at my event because I'm gonna walk around. I'm dancing with y'all. Oh, y'all yeah, take shots. Right. I'm taking shots. <laughs> like we're gonna have a good time. I'm gonna make sure my sponsor's straight, but we're gonna have a good time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I want women to understand that these celebratory moments belong to us. Like, I don't care if you hadn't done something as great as Toronto Burke or Lyris Cross or, or me or whoever. Like, you still deserve to be celebrated. This is not my event. This is our event. Let's get lit, sis. All right. Ma'am, can so, we go you go away so you can have this event again? Okay. Because, <laughs> yeah. COVID go away. We got some stuff to do. 
girl. We got plans. We got to do it because I know you're sitting there marinating on something. If I tell you, I have to kill you. <laughs> you know I want that tea. I'm going to get it later, y'all. I'm going to get it later. She's going to give me this tea. I tell you this tea. It's hot. Yes. Well, I really want to thank you again today for sharing with my audience um, about your story, about your journey, finding out, you know, about your blood cancer and how you have triumphed through that and still been Maui and not let it take your life away. I really appreciate you having me on. I really appreciate you doing the work because sometimes, you know, like, even though I know you're a fashionista, I know you love fashion, Mm -hmm. you're a plus size woman. And um, a lot of times in our space, like everybody wants to be a plus size model. They want to be a blogger. They want to be this. And they never attach themselves to something that is so much greater than being seen. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate you using your energy and your voice. Thank you. To to help us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and have these conversations. It's easier to have a conversation with a person like you who is knowledgeable and who is um, empathetic than to have a conversation with a doctor who is just straight laced and just going to tell you what's in the medical books and you don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I think that this is a great platform for individuals to have these conversations and i am so proud of you for doing this thank like you I, so much I'm really, really proud of you for doing this i think you're cute i think you're beautiful i love your fashion i love thank seeing you. you and lorna and bq together doing your little thing they're my that girls but this is something so amazing thank and you. this is what i mean when i say that we can't die until everything attached to us dies. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And so this, this is, I'm, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I'm so very much. proud of you. I appreciate it. Honestly, I have to say this comes, but this is probably the last thing I'll say on here. This comes from the pioneers in the industry. When I first stepped into it, I was in the Miss Plus America pageant. Um, you know, Debbie Shannon's been attached to that, but um, Nina Taylor, I believe, she talked to me. And Nina is so sweet. She said, everybody wants to be a plus model. This industry needs more than that. That one thing has stuck with me from day one before I met anyone else in this industry. And I have lived by that. You got it. You got it. And I really do appreciate you um, asking me to be here. And I'm here for you, like with anything you need. Because I did so much. It's an amazing platform. And it's Thank you. I love how we can love on each other right. and grow. Right. Yes. Yes. You know, that's right. <laughs> well, for my audience who I don't know who's not following you, can you let them know how they can follow you, get all this good tea from you, whether it's fashion, learning about their health, or anything that you do? I am everywhere on on Al Gore slash Beyonce's <laughs> internet at Maui Bigelow. Um, I'm Maui Bigelow on Instagram, Twitter. I am Maui Bigelow on my personal Facebook page, but on my business page, I am Fat Girl Fresh Dash Maui Bigelow. Yeah. Um, but so I'm Maui Bigelow everywhere. That's my name. That's my mom. My mama had gave me that. Yes. And, um, so yeah, I'm Maui Bigelow everywhere. M-A-U-I-B-I-G-E-L-O-W. Yes. Well, thank you again so much, Maui. And thank you, audience, for listening to Tea Time with Monica. Bye, y'all.
You've been listening to Tea Time with Monica. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast medium. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And follow me on social media at Monica underscore the curvy diva spelled M-O-N-I-C-A underscore T-H-E-K-U-R-V-Y-D-I-V-A and at Tea Time with Monica.